Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Some extended content today. I was lucky enough to be invited on the Big Les League Podcast. A guy that is playing in my footy team that I coach, champion fella, loves his rugby league. He started a podcast and a page earlier this year. I think it was named something else when we last went on the podcast. He's since changed it, changed up his branding a little bit. Doing really good things. She's on Instagram at Big Les League Podcast. And that is the name of the podcast as well. Find him on all platforms. I believe he's on YouTube as well. I think this podcast is on YouTube as well for you guys to have a look at if you would like to. We'll take a deep dive on the teams that finished in the top six in 2021, review their season, have a look how they're shaping up heading into season 2022. Make sure you go and follow Les on Instagram and go and have a look at his podcast as well. Support all creators at the moment that are working hard to provide quality content to you guys. I'll hand you over now to Big Les. Let's kick it off. Hello and welcome to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm really fortunate to have the one and only rugby league guru back on uh, this podcast. How are you doing, mate? Les, doing well, mate. Good to be back. Seem like you're doing really good things, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, 2021, what a season it was. It was just so crazy to see. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, you wouldn't really think... Uh, South Sydney would have been in that grand final with the Penrith Panthers, especially with the Melbourne Storm and all the things they were doing this season. I mean, it was just crazy for me. It was just crazy to see um, even the Roosters. I mean, the Roosters had a pretty good season as well, um, considering injuries and stuff. It was just so crazy to see all, all uh, this 2021 season fold, fold, uh, just unfold. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, it showed once again the best coaches in rugby league. Uh, they'll always be at the top. And you had real changes and whatnot. The best coaches adapted the quickest. And uh, no surprise whatsoever, the best, the best coaches were left at the end. Uh, Ivan Cleary's probably etched himself into that uh, that top tier now. I probably had him at the top of, like, the second tier of coaches. But uh, what he's achieved especially at the back end of the season, was incredible for them to win four, you know, three finals games in a row after losing in week one with added squad and not scoring many points. Uh, you know, in the era of the most points ever scored in rugby league, uh, the best defensive team still won. So an incredible effort. And, you know, for them to beat the Melbourne Storm the week before the grand final, then get back up to win the grand final, um, the ultimate compliment to Ivan Cleary. Yeah, no, totally. Penrith were just unbelievable this season. And getting into that grand final, that really, you know, they had that drive from obviously the season beforehand, losing to the Melbourne Storm, coming back, having that drive to win the grand final is just amazing. So what we're going to be doing in this one, we're going to be going through and giving out some ratings for each team in the top eight. We're going to be a little summary of 2021 and then thoughts on 2022. So... We're going to go in order of the top eight. We're going to start with the Melbourne Storm. I've given them an eight minus. I think they had a really good season. And some of the things uh, that they've done, you know, they're just doing what Melbourne do and winning consistently. Obviously, that 19-game winning streak as well was just fantastic from them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, mate, to see Melbourne do what they did this season the year after Cameron Smith retires, generally uh, when a champion let alone, in my opinion, the best player ever retires. Team should struggle. Melbourne arguably got better during the regular season, but, uh, I mean, um, you know, it all comes down to what you do in the finals realistically. Uh, and for them to put in their worst performance, potentially, like obviously of the season, but probably since the 2018 grand final, uh, for me, it was incredibly disappointing. They, they, they were a much better football team than what they showed. I would argue that that Melbourne Storm team this year, they're probably second to the Parramatta Eels of 2001 as far as best teams to not win a premiership goes. I Like you mentioned before how crazy South Sydney's season was and Penrith's season was. Mate, to think that this Melbourne Storm team didn't feature in the grand final, that absolutely blew me away. I'd probably, A minus maybe, but I'd probably put them in the B category almost because on the biggest stages... Um, they didn't deliver, and that's probably harsh. Uh, but mate, you, you, your worth is decided on whether you win or lose on the big stages. And unfortunately, the Melbourne Storm, a very disappointing performance uh, when it mattered. Yeah, no, totally. And to see them lose to teams like the Parramatta Eels as well, like on two occasions this season as well, considering the season that the Parramatta Eels were having, especially at the back end, was just crazy for me to see especially a team like the Melbourne Storm who just have such a fantastic roster at the moment. And they've got some... And talking about the roster, let's talk about the players that are coming in. They've got Nick Meany from the Bulldogs, Xavier Coates from the Brisbane Broncos, and a little smoky here, Josh King from the Newcastle Knights. And I think um, it'll be a real fight for that winger spot, obviously, between George Jennings, Nick Meany, Xavier Coates. Um I do like Xavier Coates, though. I reckon he's going to be on fire in 2022. And Josh King, I think he's a really solid forward just from what I've seen from him off the bench for the Newcastle Knights. I, I, I just love watching all of these guys play, and I think they'll be really re good recruits for this Melbourne Storm side. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, Xavier Coates, he's the obvious one uh, in a good team. He's going to be an absolute star. Interesting to see if they play him on the wing or if they move him into the centres. Uh, Remus Smith obviously played centre last year, but he wasn't signed as a centre. The plan was to have him on the wing, Branko at right centre. Branko was injured all year, essentially. Uh, so they sort of had no choice but to move Remus Smith in and I think the best thing about Remus Smith is that he's great in the air, and they weren't they weren't able to use him as much as they wanted to last year. Um, I know that with about six weeks to go in the season, the plan was uh, for Branko to come back in and play right centre, and for Remus to move out to the wing. Uh, Branko unfortunately then got injured again, so he he just went straight back to Brisbane before the finals even started. So it didn't go quite to plan for them. I thought George Jennings came and did a good job. I know that he had uh, one or two games where defensively he probably got caught out. I, I know a lot of people bagged him after that game with Parramatta, but when 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 Micah Sivo's on the way that he was that night, there's not many wingers that are going to be able to compete with him. They were pin-perfect kicks. Uh, so I feel a bit sorry for, for the shit that George Jennings copped this year. I think he's a really solid footballer. Uh, but yeah, Xavier Coates, interesting to see where they use him. He could be anything. Nick Meaney's an interesting one. I've, I've never really um, overly rated Nick Meaney. He came through the juniors with a lot of raps on him. I'm not really sure what position he is. I don't think Nick Meaney knows what position he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up in that 14 role for Melbourne. Uh, I probably doubt that he's going to turn into the superstar that everyone's telling me he's going to, but hard to uh, it's hard to, to back against Craig Bellamy, isn't it? Yeah, no, you definitely can't um, doubt Craig Bellamy. And uh, I think that next year, Storm are just going to be on fire. They're really going to come out and prove to everyone uh, that they are one of the best sides in the comp, if not the best. And look, I mean, talk about guys that are good in the air. Xavier Codes, and I think he'd be too valuable to move into the centers. I think he's a really good quality winger. Uh, Nick Meany as well. He can obviously play in that fullback role as well if they choose to take off Pappenhausen early like they did this year. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. He could definitely play that 14 role, similar to what Nico Hines was playing. Um, I think he'd really suit that as well. And it really depends on how they want to utilize Nick Meany as well because they've obviously got Brandon Smith coming off the bench as well. Um, so it is just going to be really interesting, or oh, unless they have Harry Grant coming off the bench, sorry, um, it is just going to be really interesting to see how they utilize these guys. Yeah, but you'd have to assume with uh, with Fanukan leaving that Brandon Smith will probably go into Jersey 13. So I'd say there will be a spot on that bench in Jersey 14 for a guy like him to come in. And even when they did have Harry Grant on the bench, you've got to remember they were carrying Nico Hines on the bench anyway. So um, I don't think it worries them too much carrying maybe a hooker on the bench and a utility. But personally, I think Harry Grant, he'll be the nine next year and you'll see Brandon Smith move into Jersey 13, which will free up uh, Nick need to grab 14, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And, and Brandon Smith is just so dangerous in that 13 jersey. I think he'll be really good for the Melbourne Storm. Talking about losses now, we've got Addo Carr leaving. We've got Nico Hines, obviously, going to the Cronulla Sharks along with Dale Finucane. And I think... Dalfinugan could be a big loss for them. He's a really good leader in that 13 jersey. Also, Nico Hines, he was playing some exceptional footy for the, the Melbourne Storm this year. And at one point, we were arguing that he was better than Ryan Pappenhausen when he had that um, head injury, obviously. And uh, Ryan Pappenhausen just came back, just came back and had a cracker of us at the back end of the season. And look, you talk about Nico Hines, I, I think he'll be a big loss as well. Obviously, Addo Carr. Um, but I think Xavier Coates is a great replacement for Addo Card in terms of the speed factor and the try scoring ability. 
Yeah, for me, Dale's the biggest loss by far and away. I think they're going to miss him a lot. Uh, if I had to rank their biggest losses in the last 10 years, you know, you'd obviously have the big three at the top, but then I would probably have Dale next, to be honest with you. I think he's going to be massive. He's a true leader down there. Every Mel- Melbourne Storm guy that I've had on the podcast has just spoken so highly about him. And even the guys that were at Canterbury when he was there, when he was a younger guy too, uh, I think he's made five or six grand finals, which, yes, he's been at Melbourne, but he was also at Canterbury for, I think, three years, and they made two grand finals in that time. So he's just one of those guys. He just sets standards. Um, From what I've gathered, he's one of the hardest trainers um, rugby league has just about ever seen. Um, The Melbourne boys have a nickname for him down there. It's Chaos. And apparently, I haven't done my research, but apparently Chaos is a, a term for training when your body sort of gets into a danger zone of essentially overtraining yourself and hurting yourself and they have to constantly pull Dale back from that so mate to lose that sort of a guy is going to be massive I mean we look at the origin series this year he came in in game three and and Freddie gave him the vice captaincy straight away he didn't even play in the first two games so mate the ultimate compliment to a guy like Dale I think it's going to be very hard to fill the void that he's left ability wise they can probably cover it but just leadership wise um, it's a massive loss yeah, totally. And you talk about leaders that could step up. They've obviously got Cameron Munster, who they were speaking highly of as a captain. Um, but just from recent events, you know, you could argue that that might not happen. And in terms of leaders at Melbourne Storm at the moment, there's not many, and there won't be many like Delphinouk. And as you talk of, uh, probably the hardest worker at training and, and just the little things like that, they really form those big leaders. And I think Cronulla are going to really, really benefit from this guy. Even him, likes of Cameron McInnes coming in. A bunch of those leaders, a bunch of those older, more experienced heads, I think Cronulla is really going to benefit from that. Yeah, for sure. It's just going to be interesting with Cronulla positional-wise if uh, if they've got the guys to be able to put points on the table. They're sort of going in without an established seven. Uh, as good as Nico Hines was, we've only seen Nico Hines in a team that was close to unbeatable with superstars all around him. You know, it's going to be a very different story at Cronulla. So a big test for Nico. Also a rookie coach, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon arriving there. Obviously, I love Fitz. I've had him on the podcast, champion fella. Uh, but the reality is with Craig Fitzgibbon that he's never been outside of the Rooster system. He arrived there in 2000, I think it was. It's now 2021. He's been in there for 20 years. He's seen a heap of premierships, heap of success. But it's one of the most well-run businesses in Australia. Definitely one of the one of the best-run teams in the NRL. Probably second to the Melbourne Storm. So he's going from the perfect situation with you know Trent Robinson, Nick Politis, these guys, to the Cronulla Sharks, who sacked their coach mid-season, who got them to two final series in a row without a halfback, without a thirteen like Victor Radley. Um, they're still sort of in a bit of a hangover from that premiership in 2016 as well. So they obviously don't have the resources the Roosters have, the money the Roosters have, uh, the ability to sign guys for a cheaper value that the Roosters always have. So it's going to be a massive test for Cronulla. I think they're one of the more interesting teams to watch next year. I think as well with Cronulla signing-wise, if you've got a leader like Delphinouk and uh, and those guys you talk about, I think it is going to be just, I think it's going to be a more attractive club for those rookie players coming in the system. Uh, they see a guy like Dalfinuk and it is just going to be so, so good for them. Um, talking about the next team on this list, we've got the Penrith Panthers. Now, I gave them an A rating. Personally, I didn't want to give them an A plus considering they did beat my team in the grand final, but I've given them an A. Um, I really like what the Panthers have done this season. Just 
in terms of coming back from that loss in 2020 and then um, really playing some of their best footy in 2021. We did see a little stint from them without Nathan Cleary, which was quite scary as well. They didn't look as good as Penrith usually do, but that just shows you how good Nathan Cleary is in that system. Yeah, I mean, the reality is you take the best player out of any team, they're not going to be as good. Uh, I don't think that's anything against Penrith. I I think you'll find too that a number of those games that Nathan was missing, uh, especially the ones that Isaiah Yo was out of the side too, they looked they looked terrible without the two of them. Um, but as I said, you take the best player of any team, they are going to struggle. I, I would probably argue, I, I'd probably give them an A as well. Um, I, I honestly think the 2021 Panthers on paper, they, they would probably beat this current Panthers side. Um, but the most impressive thing about the 2021 Panthers is that had to find new ways to win. Last year, they were blitzing teams. They're scoring points. It's, it, you know, it's high energy, high celebration. And then the back end of this season, they knew their attack wasn't clicking. And, you know, that that's a result of just being exhausted from, you know, climbing the mountain, having to reclimb it again, dealing with state of origin. So they just transitioned their football into a defensive mindset. We're going to kick you into the corners. We're going to umbrella our defense, bury you there. If you get on the front foot, we're going to give away a six again. Doesn't worry us. Then we'll be set, and we're going to bash you for those first three tackles. So completely different styles from this time last year to the team that won the grand final the other night, which is the ultimate compliment to this Panthers team. Uh, I've had a lot of people message me and say, oh, they can't win next year. They're going to be too exhausted. And you know what? I almost agree with you, but I didn't think they'd be able to win this year because they'd be exhausted from last year. So... It's really hard to doubt this side. Any team with Nathan Cleary in it, um, they're going to be a serious threat. He he's, he looks more dangerous to me now than ever. Now that he's won that premiership, a bit of weight off the shoulders. Just means he can go out and play footy. If if we were five or six years down the track and he still hadn't won a competition, um, it, it, it'd be a bit worrying for Nathan Cleary to be weighing on his shoulders. Now he's freed up. It sort, sort of reminds me of when Brad Fittler won with the Roosters in 2002. You know, he'd arrived six or seven years before that, the best player in the world. They hadn't won a premiership. And once Freddie won it in 2002, it just sort of took the weight off his shoulders. And, of course, they went back there in 2003, and then they went back again in 2004 off the back of Freddie. So, Nathan Cleary, we could be in for something special over the next few years, I think. Yeah, totally. And they've got quite a similar side as well going into next year. They've pretty much re-signed their whole starting team. They've re-signed Stephen Crichton until 2023, Fisher Harris till 2026, Robert Jennings till 2022, Mitchell, Mitch Kenny till 2022, Spencer Liano till 2023, Moses Liotta till 2024, Jerome Luai 2024, Scott Sirenson 2023, and Isaiah Yo 2024. So I think that is really beneficial for them, especially Isaiah Yo. I think that keeping him in this team is so beneficial for this side. Yeah, sure. He's the uh, he's the glue to this team. Nathan Cleary is the best player, no doubt about it. But Isaiah Yo, he's the glue to this side. Uh, I think they'd be in serious trouble without him. They they lose a couple of guys. They lose Kurt Catewell, obviously. Uh, that'll really hurt them. He's a very experienced uh, and reliable player. I, I I would have him in my top shelf of second rowers. I know a lot of people prefer um, the high octane attack of you know your kickouts or your David Fafitas, but Catewell is just reliable as all hell. They will really miss him. Tevita Pangai Jr. wasn't there for long. They'll be fine without him. Matt Burton, they're really going to miss, but there's a couple of guys that are coming through their their, their reserve grade that played a few games of footy this year, like um, Taylor May and these sort of guys that they have just been carving it up in reserve grade, so I have no doubt they'll step up and be okay. Brett Naden, 
one that's going to hurt your depth, but I think there's enough young guys in this Panthers team to be able to come in and do a job there. So, yeah, they, they definitely will be right up there once again. I'll tell you what, though, they definitely are going to miss Kurt Catewell's defense. Some of the defensive stats that he's pulled this season are just unbelievable. And, yeah, that, that, that defensive factor is really going to be missed, especially when you've got Penrith Panthers being one of the def- best defensive teams in the comp at the moment. Oh, I kind of feel like their defense is so good that they are going to be able to cover him, to be honest with you. Um, and, yeah, he's a great player, no doubt about it. But defense is, is an attitude, and that whole system, they, they have such a fantastic attitude around defense at the moment. They, they will miss Kate, well, no doubt about it whatsoever. But I don't think it's going to be... Um, I don't think it's going to be ca- catastrophic to, to any extent. I think there will be other guys that will come in and, and do a job there. But uh, any team with Kirk Capewell in it, uh, they're definitely better for it. No doubt about that. Yeah, true. And if we're looking for a replacement for Kirk Capewell, there's a guy that I'm looking at here, Scott Sirenson. Some of the stints he's had this season are just unbelievable. Uh, and he really puts in 100% effort every game he plays. And he literally had a something broken in his forearm for a little bit of the back end of the season, and he comes back a week after that report with a highly with a heavily strapped forearm and plays some of the best footy I think I've seen him play. So he's just so he's so deadly in this Panthers side, and I think if I'm looking for a guy to replace someone like Kurt Catewell, I think I'm choosing a Scott Sorensen. Yeah, well, Scott Sorensen's one option. He'll do a job for you, no doubt about it. You got to remember also, like they've they've got Liam Martin in this team too. So, mate, oh, they've man. got so many options. It's not even funny. Um, you've still got Matty Eisenhuth who's in this team. As much as you wouldn't play him out in the back row, but you know you could bring Eisenhuth into the middle, which means you could move Liam Martin out of the middle out there. So, I mean, Liam Martin, he's a, he's a New South Wales representative now. They could play him on an edge or. Um, they could play the man that you suggested as well, Scotty Sorensen. So, oh, mate, I honestly, regardless of what happens here, I don't think they're going to be that much worse off, to be honest with you. Uh, and the other thing, too, is, you know, they're, they're a premiership-winning team now. You know, if I'm a second rower on the market and I get the Panthers coming to me, like, you, you're going to take a reduced deal to be able to go there now. So they've got so many options, like a... You know, the, the Dragons at the moment, they're trying to get rid of um, Tariq Sims, a guy that hasn't won a premiership. I mean... You could probably get a guy like him pretty cheap for this side as well. So this is the beauty of winning premierships being a successful side. You can go to the market and get, you know, guys for, you know, 400K that, you know, the West Tigers, for example, they might have to pay 650, you know. So oh, I think they'll be fine, mate. I think they've got enough talent within this squad to be able to fill this hole. Um, and if they need to go outwards, I, I think they'd be fine there too, realistically. Liam Martin, I nearly forgot about him, but he's just fantastic too. As you say, origin representative, I mean... They do have a lot of depth to Penrith Panthers, and I think as well that factor that they've just won a premiership, it is just so attractive to the young guys coming through. It's almost like you see Nathan Cleary, it's where do I sign in this Penrith Panthers side? And yeah, it's going to be a scary thought seeing what they can accomplish in 2022. Next team I've got here is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, had a fantastic season. They had one of the best seasons I think I've seen South have in a while. Um, just Wayne Bennett. I think Wayne Bennett's the word you, you you use there. The things that he's done at that club are just unbelievable. I've given them an A minus. I think that, um, as I said, they've just looked really good all season. It's a huge improvement from seasons beforehand, especially when you see that they have missed out on that big dance a few times and then coming back 
uh, and getting into the grand final, I think, was just amazing for South Sydney. Yeah, for sure. You'd have to give them, you know, up, up with a B plus or, or an A, one of those two, realistically. Um, yeah, really interesting South Sydney over the next six months. Obviously, you've got Wayne leaving, which we know from experience when Wayne leaves a room, it tends to be on fire. So it's going to be interesting to see how that does play out for South Sydney. Um, you've also got Adam Reynolds leaving. The combo of losing your seven and your coach, who's arguably the best coach ever, it's going to be a massive test for them, especially when they don't have someone to walk into both of those shoes. They don't have a seven. And there's not many guys that are of the caliber of Adam Reynolds, of course. So it's no um, it's no real negative on the guys that will have to replace him because it's near impossible to replace Adam Reynolds. But it's going to be a tough gig. And then Andrew Demutra, I mean, he's a rookie coach coming in, guy that's had 50 years experience um I, I often think with guys that follow Wayne Bennett it's normally the assistant everyone says oh they've had two years to watch him but it's all good and well but there would be so many things that Wayne Bennett would just know how to deal with that he probably wouldn't even have time to explain to you because he's done it 50 times he just goes about his business he you know we, we know Wayne Bennett if he's if he's got to say something he'll say it in three words he won't say it in 30 and if you are an assistant coach and you're trying to learn from Wayne, you want him to say those 30 words. You want to take everything in, but he won't. He'll give you three words and he'll move on because he's in the premierships business. He, he's not in the friends business, realistically, Wayne. So, big test. I've got to tell you, when I was watching that grand final, every time they flashed up to the uh, the coach's box, Wayne's sitting there cool as a cucumber. Demetrio looked like he was having a fit up there. That was That's a bit of a worry for me. I understand it's a high-pressure situation, and I would have been exactly the same. I mean, I coach you. you. You've seen me and Ross on the sideline. We, we can barely control ourselves either. But it's all good and well to be like that. But when you're replacing a guy like Wayne, who's so cool, calm, and collected, the players are used to that now. It's going to be really hard to emulate that sort of coaching. And it's sort of like with Wayne. You know, if they play poorly, Wayne can walk into the sheds after and not say anything, and they all go, fuck, we're in trouble. If Demutrio walks in, I mean, he's got to yell and scream for you to get his attention because he's not Wayne Bennett, you know. So, big test for South Sydney. I'm I'm very interested to see how that transition goes next season. Yeah, no, it's just it's just crazy. And um, you look at the amount of experience both coaches have had. It is going to be such a difference for South Sydney, and they're losing a lot of players as well. They are losing a lot of players and a lot of their depth. You look at the losses they've got: Braden Burns, Joshua Cook. Troy Dargan has been released, which I thought was a bit of a weird one. Dane Gagai, obviously going to Newcastle. Patrick Margot recently just signed with the Wigan Warriors. Benji Marshall just retired recently. Adam Reynolds, obviously the Broncos. Jaden Suart to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Those are some big, big losses. And I mean, you look at some of the replays of this season and you look at Cody Walker even, a lot of the plays that Cody Walker was going off. Dane Gagai was involved in. Adam Reynolds was involved in. So it's going to be really interesting to just see Cody Walker. Uh, and I think it is going to be really interesting as a whole to see how Souths cope with some of their biggest playmakers exiting the club. Yeah, I mean, without harping on Adam Reynolds once again, um, you know, you can sit and watch all these highlight reels of Cody Walker this year. Nine times out of ten, the guy creating that space for him is Adam Reynolds. No one's talking about it, though. Uh, so it's going to be a big test for Cody Walker, especially off the back of that grand final, how that impacts him. Um, the other guy that stands out for me there is Dane Gagai. Um, I just think in attack and defense, he is criminally underrated in rugby league. I think South Sydney are really, really going to miss him. And then 
You know, guys like Josh Cook, Jaden Sewer, you know, Patrick Mago as well. I love Mago. I can't believe he's gone to England. That's that's blown me away that there aren't teams that could do with him in their side. They're just sort of depth guys that when you have a couple of injuries and when you are a new coach and you're coming in after Wayne, you know, it's all going to be very hard. I have no doubt that at some point they're going to have an injury run where having these sort of guys in the system, um, it's going to be very hard to fill those gaps. I mean, when Benji or, or sorry, when when Walker or Adam Reynolds went down this year, you just slotted Benji Marshall in to get a 300 gamer, former Golden Boot winner. He's seen everything to come in. Like it just makes life so easy. That they're, they're not going to have that to fall on next year. If I mean, mate, if, if Cody Walker gets injured at some point next year, which I know is unlikely, he's very rarely injured, but he's turning 32 next year. If Walker gets injured at some point, what's going to happen? I mean, it's uh, and you know, a lot of teams are in the same boat if they lose their star player. But I just feel like South Sydney, they're they're in an interesting spot. And the thing about Wayne Bennett, he always gets the very best out of his forwards. It doesn't matter who they are; he'll get the very best out of them. Um, so you know, when when you look at their forward pack on paper, take out Cam Murray, there's no real out and out superstars. You know, they haven't got one of the best front rowers. They haven't got the two best edge back rowers in rugby league. Uh, it's going to be a big test to see what Demetrio can get out of them because you're coming off the high of a grand final. Everyone's going to be gassed. Wayne Bennett's left. New voice, very different voice. Um, sort of starting to uh, re- repeat myself here a little bit, but I think that's the big question out of South Sydney. How are they going to recover from losing Wayne and, and Adam Reynolds, obviously? Yeah, totally. And you look at how Wayne Bennett's got the best out of his forward. You've seen it this year. You've seen Mark Nichols have an, like an, a huge season. You've seen Cameron Murray have one of the best seasons I think he's had in a while. You've seen um, guys even like Patrick Margot just coming off the bench and having one of the biggest impacts for South Sydney. And it is just going to be so difficult to recover from losing a guy like Wayne Bennett and having a guy like Demetrio come in and that's the, that's the big question. Do the boys trust him? Do the boys, um, if the boys are looking for someone to listen to in the sheds, is that guy Demetrio? Is that guy, um, or is it one of the more experienced guys in the sheds and, and, you, and you just don't know? Um, in terms of if Cody Walker gets injured or just in terms of the squad next year, there's one guy I'm looking at and I've seen him a bit of in, in SG ball and he's been really, really effective uh, and just re-signed two from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and that's Lachlan Ilias. I've seen him play with with Blake Taff, and you talk about how Adam Reynolds was playing off the back of a guy like, um, sorry, how Cody Walker was playing off Adam Reynolds. Um, Blake Taff was playing a lot off Lachlan Ilias as well. So I think Lachlan Ilias would be quite, or would suit Cody Walker quite well if they did bring him in maybe halfway through the year or just slowly blooded him into the game, maybe bring him as off off the bench as a 14. I think Lachlan Ilias would be quite effective as well. Um, but Blake Taft, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders come next season with the exit of Adam Reynolds. They've obviously said that he will be that halfback next year. And as I said, a lot of weight on his shoulders. Have they said that he will be the halfback? They've said that he is the most likely to be the halfback. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be interesting, mate. I really like Ilias as well, but he's obviously young. He's very raw. Um, it's it's going to be tough to blood him. It's, I imagine that they are going to be on the back foot at some point. It's it's a hard it's a hard moment to bring a new halfback into the system. And yeah, Blake Taff has done really well, uh, but he has been playing out the back of Walker. Um, and of Adam Reynolds. I love him. I think he's a good footballer, but moving into that seven jersey, 
it's going to be tough. And, it, mate, it's going to be the exact same situation with Wayne Bennett. As I said, there's going to be a million things that Wayne Bennett does as a coach that you probably don't realise he's doing until you're in the job. Mate, whoever wears that seven jersey, there's going to be a million things that Adam Reynolds had on his plate that no one ever would have even noticed that he was doing, whether it's pulling forwards to certain spots, getting them to certain areas, getting play the balls on a certain spot, where he puts kicks. There's a million things that would be on Adam Reynolds, um, on his checkbook every single game that he's probably never even, you know, it's just second nature to him as an experienced halfback that they are going to learn the hard way. Um and, geez, if you're a young halfback with Cody Walker outside you and Cody Walker doesn't get the ball when he wants it, fuck, you're in for a spray. It'd, uh, it'd rattle me from time to time. And we, we know that Cody Walker is a competitor. He doesn't like losing if they are on the back foot. Um, it could be very interesting times at South Sydney. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, as you say, it is going to be such a huge um, weight on Blake Tuff's shoulders, especially from the type of guy Adam Reynolds was. He actually reminds me a bit of Cooper Cronk when he was at the Roosters. Obviously, having that shoulder injury comes into that grand final uh, and he leads that team in the park. He sort of reminds that him and Adam Reynolds, I can compare really well just in, in, in terms of what they did on the field, as in terms of getting their forwards into the right spot, in terms of um, making calls on the field, in terms of being that vocal leader on the field. I think that is what South are really going to miss. And geez, as well, you, you, not, not just in the halves, but who who do you think is going to replace Dane Gagai? Uh, I, if I was South Sydney, I'd be moving uh, Campbell Graham probably to the left side. I think he's now their strike centre, and I, I think he's ready to be their strike centre as well. I'd be playing him on the left side with maybe on the right side, um, probably Tane Milne, I would say, just running through. You've obviously got J- Josh Mansell to return, so you could play Paulo. In the, I know Paulo has played in the centres before, but... Um, yeah, that, 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 that center spot's going to be interesting. I would probably suggest Tane Milne. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's also a long time to go in this season. I, I believe they just they just released Tau Tau Moga as well, so they might have a spot opening up there. Mm. Um, I mean, if, I, if I'm South Sydney, I play the vast majority of my football down that left edge, especially now that Benji's gone. They'll play a heap down that left edge. I honestly, I just want a good defender at right centre for me. I'm not too worried about the attacking upside of that player. I just want a solid defensive centre who I can rely on out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if they if they were to go out in the market and uh, try and find someone there that you could you could just get a solid defender without being a superstar for some really good value there. Yeah, no, totally. And I think um, actually Tarnay Mill would be a great choice to be honest. Some of the footy he was playing this year was incredible and. He, if you are looking for that strike center, he's definitely that. That the thing is that, as you say, defense. He's got to prove himself in defense. I think Tau Tau Moga just signed with St George. He he just got released and literally that second got uh, signed with the St George Illawarra Dragons. So look, if you look at the depth of if South in terms of centers, there's not much there, but there's heaps of wingers. Uh, it is really going to be interesting to see how South do. Uh, fill those two spots, being halfback and centre. I think that is their real task going into 2022. Next side I want to talk about here is the Manly Seagulls. I've given them a B plus. Um, their season with Tom Trevojevic was really good, but the start of their season without Tom Tr- Tom Trevojevic, that does leave a few questions for me. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, a few ways to look at this Manly season. Um, I, I understand you're giving them a, a B plus. Uh... But it's sort of it's one of those competitions this year where 
such a divide from, you know, team six to team seven. It's not even funny. Like, there's a gaping hole between those football sides. It really was a competition for the top teams this year. Uh, Manly beat up on all the bottom teams. Um, I think they beat Parramatta earlier in the season. Uh, that was the only time they beat a team that was higher than them on the ladder. And obviously, when we got to the end of the season, they didn't beat a single team um, that was in the top four. So, a bit worrying for Manly. Uh I mean, it's got to rattle them how they went into that final series. They went, well, one and two. Uh, the two games they got beat in, they got absolutely flogged in. They beat a Roosters team who was walking wounded, missing a heap of troops. Uh, so, it's yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this manly side. They also had the greatest individual season by a player of all time, um, and they still didn't manage to beat a top four team all year. So, I have no doubt that they will play finals footy next year if Turbo plays. 15-plus games, but, yeah, I, I don't quite know how to get a read on this Manly side, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, look, um, it could be a similar season from them next season, and that, and as you say, that is if Tom Trevojevic plays his, some of his best footy, which he definitely did, and he was definitely the best player in the comp this season. Uh, even with Nathan Cleary, I think that Tom Trevojevic definitely gets the best player in the comp this season. Um They've got Ethan Bullymore coming into the club, which I personally really like. I think just watching him at Brisbane, he's actually what you want in a modern-day side. That, that Not as big a forward, but more versatile um, and a bit more speed in a front rower. I think that'll really suit um, Manly really well, especially because when they're on the front foot, it is just such a high-paced game for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, and I think Ethan Bullymore would definitely suit them really well. Uh, yeah, for for me, Bullimore is a good fit because you want you want different body shapes in your front row, and and by that I mean you know you've got Paseca who's sort of a tall, lankier sort of body. You've got a guy like Martin Tapau who's just brute force muscle. Josh Alloyer, he's sort of the in between guy between those fellas. Sean Kepe also a similar sort of mold. There, you're more stock standard sort of guys, uh, and then you got Bullimore who. He's a little bit smaller, but his leg speed is incredible. And this is where having an attacking nine would be just so helpful for Manly. They're a great side. Lachlan Croker's a good hooker, but he doesn't have that attacking upside. I mean, if they do find a way to get Finu back, um, I think that would just take them to a new level. I think people are sleeping on just how much of a fantastic hooker he is. So I like the Bullimore signing. I like the different shapes they've got in their front row. I I think it'll really help them. Um, Very surprised that Brisbane let... Bullimore go to sign a guy like Ryan, Ryan James. I understand the experience side of things, but um, yeah, letting Bullimore go is a very strange one. I, I said from the moment I saw him, he kind of reminds me of Matt Gillette. He's just got that fast leg speed. He's hard to handle. Uh, he's got a big motor on him as well. So uh, I really like this this signing by by Manly. And um, yeah, I, once again, mate, I love their team on paper. I think it's unreal, but they still haven't proven that they can handle the top sides in this competition. So we'll just have to wait and see with them. Yeah, I can agree with that. Just going through some of their losses as well. But obviously, Tavita Funa has signed with the Waratahs. Uh, and stay with me. I, I bet you I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Jack Gozzi-Weski, uh, he's been released. Um, he's actually, uh, he's reportedly about to go to the St. George Illawarra Dragons to Jack Goz. Oh, there you go. Um, so, reportedly, he's set to go through the Dragons. Uh, Curtis Sirinan said to go to St. Helens. Uh, and then Moses Suli also going to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Just talking about the Dragons for a minute, they've done some really great things in recruiting in the past 24 hours. 
Yeah, yeah, they they've done all right. I I don't think anyone they've signed is a huge needle mover, to be honest with you. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I was talking to Kempi about this the other day, and it's sort of like a a money ball sort of play. They're just getting sort of value out of guys here and there. They they they're all good signings, but to me, none of them are great signings. Um, you look at all the teams that were competing for a premiership at the end of this year, they all had one thing in common. They had top 10, top 8 superstars in their sides. And George, they don't have that. And I, I know it's you know it's, it's easier said than done. It's hard to get these top line superstars. But uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not expecting a heap out of St. George, to be honest with you. I think they'll be more of the same, realistically. Yeah, true. I can definitely see that. But I, I think if anyone's going to have a great season and if anyone's going to prove that they are a great recruit for the Dragons, I reckon it's Moses Suli. Now, we didn't see much of him this season. Um, and he has been uh, named as a defensive liability. But just an attack, he's been fantastic when he has come in for the, the Manly Seagulls. And I think if anyone's going to be the best recruit for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, it's going to be Sully for sure for me. Yeah, look, mate, Sully's got high-end ability. Um, but the problem with Sully's always been, as you said, he, he has got defensive issues and he has trouble putting back-to-back weeks of rugby league together. Um, yeah, when he came in for the Manly Seagulls, he came in a side that was beaten up, bottom-place teams every week. He came in and did really well, but it's that it's the week-to-week grind that Moses Sully's always struggled with. I'll be interested to see how he goes at the Dragons. That'll be He'll be a starting centre there. That'll be week-to-week grind of the NRL in a team that probably isn't going to be doing anywhere near as well um, as the Manly Seagulls were when he came in this year. He's a guy that, I mean... Jeez, from, from off the top of my head, I think he's been at four clubs in the last five years, Moses Suley. So uh, that doesn't accidentally happen in rugby league. So a really interesting one uh, to watch. He has got that ability that that you speak of, but um, i got to tell you, I'm not overly convinced that the Dragons are the team to get the best out of him. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. But uh, look, he's definitely going to be one to watch for that 2022 season, in my opinion. Uh, just looking at the players that the Manly Seagulls have, Resigned, thinking it back to the Manly Seagulls. They've pretty much re-signed most of their team. They've re-signed Boyle, Morgan Boyle until 2022, Lachlan Croker until 2023, which is a great signing for them because he is such a fantastic hooker. Uh, Kieran Four until 2022, Ruben Garrick until 2023, Morgan Harper until 2023, Sean Kepi till 2024, Hamole Olakawatu till 2024, Brad Parker 2023. Josh Schuster, 2024. Uh, Toa Fofa, Toa Fofa Sipley, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, 2023. And George Tafua, 2022. Now, the interesting ones here for me would be George Tafua getting signed for a one-year deal when this year he wasn't playing really that much first grade. Um, and then also Kieran Foran. Why, I, 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 if I were the Bandy Seagulls, I'd be signing him on a bit of a bigger deal. Uh, yeah, no, I I understand them signing to four. I understand he didn't play much this year, but uh, their two wingers were playing great footy, and neither of them really missed any football either. So there really wasn't an opportunity for George there, though. But if you can get George on a good deal, and he's you know a depth outside back to have, like good God, you could do so much worse than to have him in your system. I know he's also a very very popular guy. He's one of those locker room guys over there, especially the Polynesian boys. Absolutely love George. So I understand that one and foreign. Um, yeah, you could sign him on a bigger deal. I mean, how old's Kieran Foran now? Are we talking 20, 
20, uh, sorry, thir- 31, 32. I'm, ju- I'm just looking it up now. I mean, I, I, I would probably go year for year with Kieran Foran, realistically. Um, I'm a fan of him. I mean, yeah, he put together last season without an injury, which was great, but it's his first one in X amount of years. So signing him to a long-term deal. He, he, so he's he turns 32 next year. So, I mean, if you were to sign him for more than one, you know, if you were to sign him for three, all of a sudden he's 34, 35 when he's finished. So I understand this, especially when they've got a guy like Josh Schuster. I think he'll be the sixth eventually. They've also got Cade Cust in the system too. So... Um, personally, this is probably what I would have done with foreign, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally. I, I can, I can definitely understand that now. Um, I, lo- I do like the re-signing of Ruben Garrick. Now, if there's one signing that I really like out of this uh, manly side, it is Ruben Garrick. The season he put together. For- hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Manly Seagulls. It is just so underrated. Not only did he break those records, but just watching those little stints, the little things that he does right for that team, he can be that X-Factor winger, but he can also be um, that really fantastic um, winger. And he does all the little things right uh, for this Manly side. Yeah, he's a solid player, Ruben Garrick. Uh, I'd like to know how much they've signed him for, to be honest with you. The, 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 The thing about Manly that... I think makes them struggle against these top teams is, yeah, you've got Ruben Garrick, you've got, um, who's the other winger? Saab. You, you've got these two guys that are great finishers. They're both quick. They've got a great skill set. But it's when they're coming out of their own end that they struggle because they're big, tall bodies. You can get under them. You can push them back. Um, whereas, you know, you compare them to a Brian Toto, for example. Like, he's given away a bit of height, but he, he always pushes for another four or five post-contact meters coming out of his own end. That's where I think... When Manly come up against these top teams, they have a plan in place where if you put the ball high enough and you get your wingers to catch it standing still, you can bury them, you can umbrella your defense, and there's there's not a guy coming out of the end that's going to really worry you outside of Turbo. But if you you know if you put Turbo in to have 10 hit-ups coming off his own 10-meter line, you're going to take a lot out of their game. That's my only worry with those two wingers. We mentioned George Tafua before. He's more of that guy that's more dangerous coming out of his own end. He generates more meters. Um, it's obviously pros and cons. It's attacking. It's an attacking style of rugby league at the moment. But, it's, but when you come up against those top teams, that's the weakness that I sort of see with Manly, that if you can bury them in their own end, they really struggle to come out of their own end because they've got these big, upright, lanky bodies that when, when when you get gang tackles on them, which is what happens coming out of your own end, um, you can push them back quite often. And it just makes it hard to get on the front foot. Yeah, no, totally agreed there. Another signing, and I want to get your thoughts on this because this guy has been rated by guys like Matthew Johns uh, and plenty of other guys as well. And he's just been fantastic for the Manly Seagulls, off, whether it's off the bench or starting. It's Sean Kepi. Now, I do like this guy as a front rower, I reckon he's really solid for that manly side, and I do see him starting next season. Yeah, I really like Sean Kepi. I remember watching him 
probably 18 months ago, and I actually didn't think he was that much chop. I, I think he's really improved this year. As soon as he's come into first grade, he's just improved week on week. Uh, he has played in the middle a little bit. He's played out on the edge too. When I first saw him in first grade, he was playing on the edge out on the left side. He looked really, really strong there. But with Schuster and Olakawatu, I think you shift him into the middle. Um, whether he starts or not, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I think with this Manly side, as I said, they've got so many different shapes in their forward pack that... I don't think you have week-to-week starters. You can sort of rotate them as the season goes. So at some point, I would have Kepi starting, but I wouldn't have him as a starting front rower every single week. But I probably wouldn't have any of these guys as starting front rowers every week. I'd sort of rotate them. That's the beauty of this manly side, that through their forward pack and their front row, they've just got so much depth and so many guys that are hard to handle. They can all offload. They've all got some... um, uh, some subtle footwork at the line as well. So, Kepi, I'm a big fan of him, yeah. I, I think he's in for a really good couple of years there. Yeah, and look, just to sum up this manly side, um, while all of these guys are really, really talented footballers, the, the, the how far this manly side goes just depends on the injury run of Tom Trevojevic, in my opinion. If Tom Trevojevic is sweet, then the further this manly side goes for me, the next side on this list, I've got the Sydney Roosters. Now, I've given them a B here, but you could definitely give them an A just for the season that they've had. Um, obviously, with more than 50% of their squad injured, suspended, they've, Tedesco's really taken a hold of this side. And I, I think I, I do um, also um, give, want to give credit to Trent Robinson as well. Both uh, Robinson and Tedesco have really taken this side um, and Tedesco with his um, look with his no excuses mentality they've both taken this side and they've taken them to the top eight which is probably not what any of us would have predicted for the Sydney Roosters in this season yeah not what we would have predicted I mean that list I'm, I'm sure you'll read it out in a second but any team where you're missing Cordner Friend and the two Morris brothers um, you know they're obviously missing Luke Keary from that as well uh, Lindsay Collins was another one they had out who I just thought his season was uh, his season last year was incredible he was uh, he, he was one of the main reasons why Queensland won that origin series for me it was the emergence of another middle like him that I when, when I looked at the Queensland Maroons before the series started he didn't stand out as a me to, to me as a guy that was going to have impact but he really did he was sensational um, yeah full credit to. Uh, Trent Robinson, mate, he's shown once again why he is one of, if not the premier coach in our game. It's all good and well to take a uh, a team full of superstars and do well with them, um, but to show that you know he, he can take a group of you know a heap of reserve graders, a spine lacking a heap of experience outside James Tedesco. I mean, mate, um, the five eight, what's his name? No, name escapes me. Um, uh, Lachlan Lamb, are you talking about? Like, uh, not, maybe younger? Not Lamb, the other one. Um, he, play, he played 5'8 for the vast... Oh, I can't remember his name. The, 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 Drew Hutchinson? Drew Hutchinson, that's his name. Drew Hutchinson, he's a guy that, you know, he's been at the Dragons for the last couple of years. And, mate, I, I, 18 months ago, if you would have said to me, is Drew Hutchinson still going to be playing rugby league in 18 months? I would have said maybe in England at best. Uh, for him to be the 5'8 mm. for the Chooks, I mean... He's going to give Trent Robinson some, some some serious headaches heading into next season, whether he starts with Sam Walker or not, because Drew Hutchinson was sensational. Left foot kicking game is just so dangerous. you got Sam Walker, who's young. 
I mean, it might not be a bad thing for Sam Walker to play some reserve-grade football and sort of earn that jersey back. We know that that Trent Robinson, he's you know he, he does this sort of stuff. He's done it with Latrell. He's done it for a few other guys. So very interesting. Um, the depth they've gained this year is going to be sensational for them next season. Um, yeah, sometimes a season like this can be a little blessing in disguise because you, you 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 raise the water level and it raises all the boats that that, that are in that water, especially these young guys that they haven't had a heap of experience. Um, so yeah, I think this year will be a big advantage for the Chooks heading into next year, and I think Trent Robinson, he'll be uh, low key very excited about it. Yeah, and if I was Trent Robinson, so would I, to be honest. And the best thing about this Roosters squad is now all the young blokes are blooded as well. All the rookies are blooded in this side. They've all had a taste of first grade, and now if you need someone to fill in, they've all had a taste of first grade, and they're just going to be firing. Uh, and it's really not going to be a big loss depending on who's out. Um, because they've obviously got those guys like Egan Butcher. Um, I'm just trying to think of some more rookies off my head. That uh, Norfolk White, or I think that's his name, he's been fantastic as well. They've blooded all those young forwards, which have really been a huge up for the Sydney Roosters. It's a bit of a blessing and a curse too, because now other clubs have seen those young guys play and they could try and pinch them. But the blessing part is they've all blooded and if they get caught up to first grade, no dramas. Yeah, and the other one, they've like everyone's talking about Connor Watson. I reckon this other fellow they've signed, Atoni, he's been at Canterbury for a couple of years. He's a very underrated player. The Bulldogs have utilized him terribly um, over the last few seasons. So I think he'll step straight in. I think he'll do a really good job. I don't think he'll be a starting player. I think he'll come off their bench. But we, we, we won't be talking about him in the same breath as like an Isaiah Papali. But I reckon at the end of next season, he will low-key be one of the really good signings and I won't be shocked in the slightest if in two or three years time a Tony signs a five or six hundred K deal with the Gold Coast Titans the West Tigers one of those teams that tends to grab these guys from the Roosters uh, once their stays over yeah no I, I'm definitely excited to see the rise of Renoff for Tony um, and there's been a lot of talk about him as well and how good he's going to be so it is really going to be you know what, it's going to be a contest of who wants that bench spot or who wants that starting forward spot more because now they're all blooded. Trent Robinson is really going to have a headache of who he's going to pick starting and who he's going to pick in the bench. I'll read out to you the losses. We've gone through the games, obviously, are Tony and Watson, but the losses, they've got Dale Copley, who's going to retire, uh, Boyd Corner, who's retired, Friend retired, Isaac Liu going to the Gold Coast Titans, and then Moz and Moz both retiring. Uh, now, while those are some big losses, that as I said, they've blooded some new rookies that are going to come into this side and hopefully do the job. Yeah, for sure, mate. And it's uh, it is really positive signs for the Sydney Roosters. I, yeah, I'm sort of going to essentially repeat myself answering that question, but um, there's a lot of young guys that have been blooded, as you said. Uh, they're definitely heading in the right direction. Getting Luke Keary back is just going to be massive. I think people forget that. You know, this guy, he's a hes a three-time premiership winner. He's a Clive Churchill medalist. He is one of the best ball players in our game, one of the best organizers in our game. He's a true all-rounder as far as a ball player goes. So, um, yeah, mate, I can't give Trent Robinson enough compliments for what he did this year and uh, really excited for them next year. I imagine as a South fan yourself, it must be uh, a little bit nerve-wracking watching the Roosters coming it's in. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. I'll tell you that for free. I am not looking forward to it one bit, and it is going to be scary to see where they eventually do end up playing all these guys. 
And the interesting one for me is Connor Watson. Where would you see him playing uh, in 2022? Uh, I assumed he was um, he was going to be the 14, uh, but mate, from what I well from from talking to Denon Kemp the other day, he reckons that Cameron Smith told him that um, Watson has been offered the full time nine jersey there, and that's why he signed there. So um, I love Connor Watson; he's a really good footballer, no doubts about that whatsoever. But Connor Watson throws passes like he's throwing watermelons out of a truck. So he's got he's got a lot of improving to do this season as far as that goes because it's just so crucial in the modern game. It's crucial when you're playing Oztag. You know, you need you need to get swift balls out of dummy half. You need them on the front foot. Uh, so big test for Connor Watson, but mate, he, he's a natural footballer. He's got all the talent in the world, and if they can turn him into an established nine, uh, it could be anything. Worst case scenario, he plays 14. And would anyone be shocked if he's the best 14 in, in rugby league next year? No, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Not at all. And just just before we go on to the next and final team, I'll just read out who the Roosters have re-signed. Um, so Fletcher Baker for 2023, Egan Butcher 2023, Nat Butcher 2024, Lindsay Collins 2026, uh, Angus Crichton 2022, Drew Hutchinson 2023, Billy Smith 2023. 2023, sorry. Um, Daniel Tupo, 2023. Satelli Tupanua, 2024. Sam Virils, 2024. Sam Walker, 2023. And Nawofu White for 2024. So those are some big signings there uh, for the Sydney Roosters. And honestly, I cannot wait for Sydney. Uh, as a footy fan, I can't wait for Roosters 2022. As a South fan, I am scared shitless. Um We'll go for one more team here. And this is a team that we could definitely have a huge discussion on. Um, the Parramatta Eels. The Parramatta Eels this season. It was just um, a bit stressful to watch, actually. Um, the start of their season was pretty decent. Coming to the back end of the season, we just did not know what was going on. Um, and then they beat a team like the Melbourne Storm and suddenly they're back in this great form. So it was just really confusing for the Parramatta Eels for me. Yeah, uh, you, you've given him a C minus. I'd probably give him a B, to be honest with you. Uh, this team was doing incredibly well. Their spine was playing some great footy. Um, they got to the back end of the season and they had just the run from hell. They had to play the the four top eight, the four top four teams. Some of them had to play them twice in the last six weeks. So I, I think in the last six or seven weeks they had to play two teams that weren't in the top eight. So. It was the run from hell for Parramatta. I think I, I didn't think they'd win any of them. I think they managed to beat the two bottom eight teams, and then they knocked over Melbourne, and they played Penrith in the last week, which, uh, from, from memory, they, they rested all their players. But they, they won a few more games in that run home than I expected. You've got to remember as well, they, they lost Reid Marnie. Um, I mean, as I said before when we were talking about um, you know, losing key players. He, he was their best player for the first half of the year. So to lose him, um, that was a real stinger for that side. And it took a lot of their momentum out. I mean, even even to the untrained eye, you could see in their final game that having Raystone at Hooker, it, it wasn't ideal. If they had a like a proper Premier 9 like Reid Marnie there, I think it potentially could have been a different story. I thought the fight they put up against... Um, the Penrith Panthers in their final game was great. I mean, I, I, I thought that that intercept by Stephen Crichton probably won that game for Penrith. I thought Parramatta went as close as they possibly could to winning that game of football. And, you know, on top of that, you then look at the next two weeks after that. I mean, that Penrith Panthers side, that wasn't 
that wasn't a fluky performance. Like they, they went on to do it for two more weeks on the trot in prelim final and grand final. So I know everyone likes to bag Parramatta, and personally, I, I didn't think that I was ever going to say this, especially at the end of this year. But I'm more confident now than I think I have been in Parramatta for a long time that they potentially can take that next step. I thought Mitch Moses was sensational this year. He played some great footy. Dylan Brown wasn't at his best, but he's a young guy. He's still finding his way. I think people forget how young and inexperienced Dill Brown is. As I said, you get Reid Marnie back. Um, Brad Arthur, I think he just needs to keep it simple with his forward pack. There was a lot of screwing around at the end of the year, moving Isaiah Papali around, moving Ryan Mattis around, sort of shifting those guys all over the place. I think that you just stick with what makes sense. You have Matto on one side, you have Papali on the other side. That's when they played uh, their, their best footy. So... Yeah, mate, halfway through the year, I thought Parramatta, they need to blow up their systems and start again because nothing's going to change. But I really do think they played some better and some... For the first time, I thought, fuck, they're actually playing finals footy here. Like, they're playing at a final standard. They're not just showing up and participating in finals. Um, So, yeah, mate, I I really like the direction that Parramatta's heading at the moment. I mean, if they would have beaten Penrith um, and then they took on the Melbourne Storm the week after. I mean, seeing how the Melbourne Storm performed and how Parramatta... Like, Parramatta played better against Penrith than what the Melbourne Storm played against Penrith. Um, and Parramatta had already already beaten them twice during the regular season. So I, I think they are heading in the right direction, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I can sort of see that argument. I, I think that Parramatta need to have one of the biggest off-seasons that they've had in a while as well. Uh, and just get prepared, really. Just get prepared for the season that is to come. Uh, just looking at some losses. They haven't got any gains as of yet, but some losses for the club, um, the Parramatta Eels. they got Blake Ferguson, obviously, being released, and his future is up in up in the air. Just We don't know where he's going to go. A, a young rookie called Samuel Hughes has been released. Uh, Joey Lussix has gone back to St. Helens, uh, and Michael Oldfield has been released as well. And... Jeez, but Blake Ferguson, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been letting this guy go. But then again, um, blooding that guy like Hayes Dunster and seeing the things that Hayes Dunster has done, I think it's been really beneficial for the club as well. And getting those young blokes in will be really good for them as well. Yeah, as much as they haven't signed anyone, I don't think they've lost anyone that's really going to hurt them, to be honest with you. I don't think Blake Ferguson's the same footballer he was a couple of years ago. Uh, for the money that you'd have to pay to keep Fergo there, I I probably wouldn't have. They've got enough youngsters to be able to cover him. You know, um, you, you mentioned uh, Hayes Dunster, who was great. Penasini's the one to watch for me. He, is, he looks like a real talent. Uh, when you go back and watch those tapes of... Um, Suwali when in his schoolboy highlights you, if, if you watch it again you keep an eye on who's passing him the ball every time it's uh, Will Penasini he, he's a really handy little footballer and uh, the number that he did on uh, Bradman Best in that uh, semi-final this year I thought that was incredible for a guy that's only played a handful of games uh, to do what he's doing very very impressive Penasini so I, I like the direction Parramatta's heading to be honest with you mate um, considering Dylan Brown didn't play anywhere near his best footy. If they can get him back to where he was the year before last, uh, mate, that that team, they're, they're, they're going to give it a real crack, I think. Yeah, totally. But this is the thing, right? Um, they've obviously got Opachat coming back um, from injury as well. Um, he's also been re-signed for another year. Um, would you play Penasini in the centres and move either Opachat or Wonga Blake to the wing? Or would you move Penasini to the wing? Uh, without thinking about how their whole team structure would be, I'd probably start with 
Um, Opacic, to be honest with you, a little bit more experienced, a, a, a little bit more stable. Uh, I'd probably still, you know, ease Panasini into first grade. Yes, he came in last year and played well, uh, but the second year is always harder than the first year. The first year is exciting. It, it's a thrill to be there. The second year is that proper week-to-week grind with more expectations on you now. So it will be harder in their second year. I think having a guy like Opacic, I think people forget just how well Opacic played all season. He then had the tragic event of his brother passing away. There was a lot going on in his life at the back end of that season. And, and these young kids were able to come in and do a really good job, but... I, I think Opacic did enough all season to be able to hold on to that spot. He's uh, Defensively, he was fantastic. He doesn't have the high-end attacking upside that some of these young guys do, but he's just not going to let you down. So I'd be starting with him, uh, and then I think by the end of the season, you'll see Panasini come in at centre or potentially on the wing, uh, depending on how it plays out. But I, I'd probably have Hayes Dunster starting on one wing. Um, then what you'd have, Siva on the other side, Longer Blake in the centres, and then, yeah, I'd probably have... Opacic in the centres with him as well. Yeah, well, well there you go. Um, I mean, it is just going to be such a. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think I can really predict how Parramatta are going to go next season. Is it is just all how they really deal with this off season. Uh, just some players that they have re-signed as well. I'll go through this really quickly. Bryce Cartwright, twenty twenty three. Hayes Dunster, twenty twenty two. Keegan Hibgrade, twenty twenty two. Ryan Madison, twenty twenty two. Mitch Moses, twenty twenty four. Opacek, 2022. Will Penasini, 2023. Micah Sebo, 2023. Ray Stone, 2022. So mostly short-term deals, um, but still good to re-sign these young blokes, I reckon. Oh, for sure. There's a heap of talent there, and I think that's going to be the way to do it moving forward. They are um, shorter deals, and essentially what this means is that you know, these guys, they're playing for a contract next year now. It's actually really good timing, in my opinion. You get a young guy like Hayes Dunster to get Matto, Opachik, these guys, Ray Stone, that, you know, they're, they're going out every every week next week trying to prove either the Parramatta or another team that they deserve a contract next year in the NRL. So it's backs against the wall for a lot of these guys. Mitch Moses, the big one there, keeping him until 2024, that's that's huge for Parramatta. I know people will bag Moses and, and whatever, but he's a quality footballer and, Fuck, if, if they didn't have Mitch Moses, I mean, there's not many halfbacks that are better than Mitch Moses. I know everyone wants to act like he's shit or whatever, but he's not. He's a quality footballer, and good halfbacks are really hard to get. Parramatta, they do have one. Is he the best one? No, but, I mean, he's probably the fourth or fifth best one, realistically, which is when you, when you consider that there's 16 teams that need a halfback, soon there's going to be 17 teams that need a halfback. To have the fourth or fifth one, um, I mean, you could do much worse. Well, I just can't believe that he was bagged after Origin after playing with a broken back. Like, that is crazy. And he played pretty pretty good for a guy with a broken back, in my opinion. Another guy I want to talk about here as well, um, uh, and look, tell me if I'm wrong, but this is just my thoughts. I thought Dylan Brown actually had a really good season. and I think he, his defense really stood out for me. Yeah, mate, he's always been a really solid defensive player, and the, especially the scramble defense that he has has always been great uh, from Dylan Brown. But you probably do need more attacking upside, especially when you have got a guy like Mitch Moses who's playing the way that he's playing. He's freeing up opportunities for Dylan Brown. So he had a good, a good season. I wouldn't say he had a great season, though, uh, but that's the reality of young footballers. As, as I said, the second and third year are always harder than the first year. I mean, we all thought that Dylan Brown was... 
you know, the next big, big thing, which I still think he is, to be honest with you. But when you come into that second and third year, you've got the week-to-week grind, the week-to-week pressure of first grade. It's harder to do than that first season. So oh, I think they're heading in the right direction, Parramatta, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing them next season and looking forward to seeing them play finals footy next year. Totally. And, I, I'm, and look, as I said before, um, it is just going to have to be a big off-season for them. And, and really, it is a competition of who wants the jersey more um, who wants that starting jersey more uh, realistically? Uh, and as you said, who wants the contract with, with Parramatta or another club in seasons to come? Well, that is your um, little preview into next season, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that one. We did the best teams in the top eight. Thanks, thanks, Guru, for hopping on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. I'll, uh, I'll make sure I share it on my platform and everything. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing a good job. 